you want to avoid withdrawing too often from exchange to a wallet, but wallet to wallet that is a lot cheaper. And if you are doing several transactions a week, then um, or accepting several transactions a week, you really want to look at setting up a Lightning wallet. Welcome to Bitcoin Basics with your hosts, Faris and Gordon. Visit bitcoinbasics.help if you need help buying and securing your Bitcoin. Join our Bitcoin Basics community in our new Telegram group at bitcoinbasics.help slash telegram. No ads, no altcoins, shitcoins, no other nonsense, only Bitcoin information, education and discussion at bitcoinbasics.help slash telegram. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Bitcoin Basics podcast. I am Ferris here with my co-host Gordon. Today is the... 2nd of August, and the price of Bitcoin is $39,070. The block height is 693939 And sorry, correction, it's actually the 3rd of August today. Gordon, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks, mate. It's been a while since we've recorded, but ready to get stuck into another fantastic question that we've received And before I get you to read that out for us, if you have a question, head across to bitcoinbasics.help and there is a big red button called ask and you can record your question and uh, we'll answer it on a show like this. So Faris, what's today's question? So we had this one emailed through to us and I'll read it out now. I am withdrawing my BTC Bitcoins from Binance Exchange to a mobile wallet. On Binance, it shows a fee of 0.0. 00057 BTC through the BTC network. It'd be a nasty fee if I just withdraw a small amount of BTC, Bitcoins. What is the cheapest way to withdraw Bitcoin from Binance to a mobile hardware wallet? Are there any better alternatives? Uh, so in this question, when they're saying the Bitcoin network, I'm just presuming that they mean by a, they're going Bitcoin to Bitcoin and not Bitcoin to um fiat currency um you got the same thing from that gordon yeah well let's uh let's explain what what a bitcoin fees yeah maybe you can explain what are the different kinds of fees that you're dealing with so yeah there basically are two types of fees so the first fee is if you are going from fiat um, that is your sovereign currency to buy bitcoin so for example if you are in australia and you're using australian dollars to buy bitcoins then there is the bank fee involved or a credit card if you use a credit card those can be pretty hefty um, so that's one fee to buy your bitcoins Once you own Bitcoin, to move Bitcoins from one wallet to another, so it doesn't matter if that's a mobile wallet, another exchange, or a cold storage device, that fee is the same, and that fee is what he's referring to here, where um, it is in Satoshis, so that is 0.00057 BTCs. Um, So those are two types of fee. One is a fiat fee, which involves the bank. Once you are in the Bitcoin ecosystem, the fees are in Satoshis and they are significantly smaller um, than what you would um, have with a bank or through the fiat system. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, like, and share so we can find others like yourself. Good answer. So, um, Perhaps why do we need Bitcoin fees? Like a lot of the misconceptions around Bitcoin is that Bitcoin's free, 
and you know you can send Bitcoin cheaply if not for free. So what why does Bitcoin even have fees? So there's two types of fees. Um, so firstly, there is a it's a confirmation fee. So one is the miners are validating that transaction. So if I were to send bitcoins for myself to Gordon, um, that basically needs a settlement, and that um, that mining process of confirming that fee. So the miners are essentially using their computers to validate that transaction. Um, we've explored this in the past where if I were to send funds via the fiat system for myself to Gordon, that can take up to a week. And it's banks in the background basically confirming that I have the funds that I can send them and they've got to convert them from my currency to wherever Gordon is. It's the same thing on Bitcoin. Um, if I'm sending Bitcoins for myself to Gordon, the miners are validating that transaction. They're putting their mining equipment, which they've had to purchase, and their electricity to use. So they're getting paid a fee for doing so. Um, the other fee involves mining newly minted Bitcoins on a block. I don't need to go into detail for this one, but essentially when it goes into yeah, a transaction fee, a settlement fee between two parties, that's what that's for. Yeah, absolutely. So essentially, Bitcoin wouldn't work without fees. The fees give miners incentive to process transactions. So looking at this specific question, um, is there anything or what is the cheapest way to withdraw BTC from Binance to a mobile uh, or hardware wallet? As you mentioned, Faris, there are different kinds of transactions. When you're going from an exchange to a hardware wallet, desktop or, or mobile wallet or mobile a wallet that you have, you don't really have any choice. Other alternatives, well, there are other exchanges, but if you have your Bitcoin in Binance and you want to move it, withdraw it from Binance to somewhere else, you don't really have any control over that. And I looked at Binance's fees this morning. You can just Google search that. And they were actually 0.001 BTC. So that's actually higher than the original amount Um specified and that's about $40 currently. Mm -hmm. uh, that's pretty high. So you don't really want to be changing, chopping and changing all the time, small amounts from exchanges to wallets and, and vice versa. So a lot of people see that as Bitcoin being too expensive. And that's perhaps why there are all these other cryptos who have, you know, sub one cent fee transactions. But it's not the same when you go in reverse. And Faris mentioned wallet to wallet, so a mobile wallet to another mobile wallet you have complete control over that. So if you've ever transferred, and, and this is one of the beauty, um, magical things of Bitcoin, the light bulb moment is when you start transferring Bitcoin. If you're using a, a wallet, and for example, green wallet or blue wallet is an excellent mobile wallet, you actually have control over the fees. So you can say, I want this to be processed fast. And fast usually means the next block. So within the next 10 minute window, and you're going to pay a premium for that. But if you say, look, it's not really that super important. I don't mind if it takes an hour or, or two hours, you can specify slow or in some wallets, you can even specify down to the actual Satoshi, uh, what you wanna pay in fees. And yeah, you could be paying less than a dollar. So even though the network is busy and that's why the fees go up because there are a lot of transactions, there's a lot of things for miners to process, not everyone's transaction is gonna be processed within the next block, there needs to be some sort of priority system. And, and that's how transaction fees work. So the more or the, 
the more expensive the fee, the more likely your transaction is going to be processed in the next block and vice versa if you put a low fee. And the wallets all do that seamlessly. They do it in the background. So at the end of the day, you don't have really have any control over when you're withdrawing from an exchange. And that's why you don't want to do it too often. So try and try and minimize those transactions. Yep. And that wallet to wallet, um, where you show people here's the fees and how it works. They really do appreciate that. They go, okay, if you need it, you know, if I, you need a Bitcoins within 10 minutes, I can organize that and I don't, you know, I can pay the extra. Whereas if there's no rush, then yeah, you just take your time. So, and that's an option you don't have with banks where you can choose it to you know, arrive within a few hours or within 10 minutes. So I was actually a couple of years ago playing with a wallet that enabled you to choose your own fees. And I chose a fee that was actually too low. So uh, it actually wasn't processed within about one day. So one day later, my transaction is still like out there somewhere uh, waiting to be processed. And it was eventually processed about two days later. And there are ways that you can, you know, um, add more uh, Bitcoin to that fee. But um, yeah, that, that's an interesting concept of having full control over what Farah said, the settlement. Uh, if you're a merchant or, or you're a customer paying with MasterCard or Visa or your bank or whatever, you have no control over that. So that's another magical thing about Bitcoin in that, um, yeah, you can choose, you know, how little or, or how much or how fast or how slow you want your Bitcoin to be processed. Yeah, but the answer to the question is, Gordon said, if you are doing several withdrawals, you don't really want to be going from an exchange to a wallet that often. That will hurt you in the fees. Um, if you are a merchant, then it is highly recommended you set up a Lightning network. Um, and yeah, we've done episodes on Lightning um, here and something we actually help businesses set up. But yeah, so to answer your question, you want to avoid withdrawing too often from exchange to a wallet, but wallet to wallet, that is a lot cheaper. And if you are doing several transactions a week, then um, or accepting several transactions a week, you really want to look at setting up a Lightning wallet. Yeah, and simply get get your Bitcoin off the exchange. So buy Bitcoin, sure, and then withdraw it from the exchange. But uh, from then on, um, try to use exchanges as little as possible. Well, thanks for the question. That was excellent. Again, if you have a question, head across to bitcoinbasics.help. You can ask a question there. We also have other resources. We have a DIY section. We have a help desk. And we also have services for people wishing to purchase and store their Bitcoins safely and securely in their own custody. So everything's available, including our podcast platforms. And uh, yeah, we would appreciate this if you share this with family and friends and people you know who are interested in Bitcoin. Thanks for watching or listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, subscribe and share so we can spread this educational content to others like yourself. Visit bitcoinbasics.help. Disclaimer, any content provided by CoinCompass is for educational and informational purposes only and is not investment, legal, tax, or any other professional advice. A qualified professional should be consulted before making any financial decisions. CoinCompass will at times recommend certain products, services, and technologies, but these are opinions based upon our own or podcast guests' experience and not endorsements. We take no liability for out-of-date or inaccurate information, software bugs, manufacturing errors, technology misuse, or issues involving third parties. Visit coincompass.com for more information and please contact us.